0: nuclear proliferation global pandemic famine environmental genocide war mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age everywhere you turn chaos anarchy and shadow in these bleak days under the fading light where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway and people cry out for the rule of law. Humanity is at a breaking point, where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf.
1: Well, there it is, Brad. Run DMC, probably the greatest Christmas song this side of white Christmas. And we're feeling the Christmas vibes. Brad, I believe you spent many a Christmas in uh, in Hollis.
2: I did. I, I've, I've spent more than one Christmas in Hollis. You caught me a little bit unawares there with your question. I was back in my closet looking for my Adidas after listening to Run DMC. I, I think that was a great choice. Buddy, for a Christmas song leading us right into the holiday itself. Those guys uh, just amazingly talented and, frankly, started a whole genre.
1: La 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 la. la. Great, uh, great group. This side of Bing Crosby, probably the greatest uh, Christmas crooners. You would agree with that, of course. We don't even have to put that up for debate. And uh, we want to welcome everyone here in the studio audience to uh, a special pre-Christmas episode of IP Frequently. We're happy to be here. And of course, uh, IP frequently sits at the middle of this, Brad, erect, just like the members of our studio audience, um, some of which are dressed as Santa Claus. I see a couple of Grinches out there, but all of them have one thing in common. They're all clutching patents, which Brad will sign
2: at the end of this show. It is amazing the selection of patents that our studio audience comes up with. We've got some from the 19th century, we've got some that just came out last Tuesday. I don't know how they do it, but every week I marvel at not just the you know the date range that we're able to cover, but some of the different technologies. I mean, we had a food mincer from the 1800s, and just last week, buddy, we had some device that allows you to potentially... Uh, you know, move quarks from one place to another. It's just it's amazing. Our studio audience is amazing.
1: They never cease to amaze us. They are technically savvy. Uh, IP Frequently You can learn more about us on our website, ipfrequently.com and on our instaface at IP Frequently. Please follow and comment along. And don't forget to catch us here each week. We will be here. Will you? That's the question. Brad, we always like to start off with the two big news items of the week that every small business owner has to be ready for.
2: And that's why we do them right at the top of the show, bud.
1: Uh, But anyway, Brad, the big news item of the week, of course, Hillary Rodham Clinton giving her victory speech five years after the fact, five years after her defeat at the hands of the Russian bots who beat her in the 2016 election. Uh, She sat down on the Today Show and actually Actually, read her victory speech um, from 2016. Of course, you remember she didn't give a concession speech. She just left the um, the auditorium there. I think it was the Javits Center in New York or something like that. But but now she's graced us with her uh, victory speech. And uh, look, it was a uh, it was a doozy. I know you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, good for her. I mean, I'm sure it was an amazing speech where she thanked largely herself. And uh, pointed out many of the wonderful things that she has done, uh, but uh, you know what? I, I mean, it just goes to show you how small a person she is. I mean, I would like to think that any reasonable human being would have, you know, when offered that opportunity, would have said, "What? Well, you know, I'm going to look ridiculous doing that. Why would I do that? I didn't keep that speech. I got beat. Not only did I get beat, I got man who liter- beat by a man who literally weeks before." had been talking about groping women and still the American people wanted that guy over me. I think I would have just taken a pass.
1: That was, that was not part of the speech, but of course she, um, and, and I encourage people to go listen to it. I can't repeat any of it here because I will have to throw myself out of this, uh, this window. It is, uh, it is amazing. Just when you think uh, she can't go any lower, she does. And it's almost like the next thing, you know, what's next? Are we going to have a uh, general Custer, Giving his um victory speech over the Pequot Indians, Brad. Is that next?
2: Oh, buddy, maybe we can have the Buffalo Bills give all four of their victory speeches from the 80s.
1: Yeah, Marv Levy is still alive, isn't he?
2: I think so. He could just go on the Today Show. He could trot them out. He could say, Well, listen, you know, this is the one we were gonna read against the Giants, you know, this is the one we were gonna read against, you know, this team or that team. Never really got the chance, but I hung on to these because I have no self-respect and I'm literally trying to just barely hang on by my fingernails. And so I kept a victory speech for something I actually lost. And I'd like to read it now.
1: And, and, and she read it and they actually played it on the Today Show, which is even worse. I mean, the fact that they would even play it on the Today Show. And then you find out there's, have you ever heard of the thing called Masterclass? You know, Masterclass?
2: Uh, is that where they get like, you know, someone who's either famous or skilled or both to kind of, you pay, it's like a, a thing you pay for. And then they walk you through some, you know, I don't know, thing that you can learn. Yeah, how to It's do. like, it's, okay. it's like, for example,
1: and I, and I actually got this last, Christmas, right? It was like $99 for the year and you got a masterclass and you gave one away. So I gave one to my dad and huh. I got mine. And the first thing I did was I was like, okay, look, I've got, I got some time in, indoors with the COVID thing going on. Yep, yep, yep. Um, And I figured, look, I will just, you know, I'll learn some great things. So the first thing I did was I I, I put up the, uh, the tennis thing and they oh, had a, yeah. uh good call. Williams will teach you to play like a pro.
2: Oof! Well, I mean, like, she's capable of doing that. Yeah,
1: capable. Of, I mean, she's won more majors than any other woman. Probably anybody. I think she's won more singles majors than anyone. Probably the greatest tennis player in history. I'm like, okay. And yep. so you you watch this five minute lesson, air quotes, by Serena Williams, where she is just smashing the ball back at people, <laughs> and you know, to you, do it like that. But if you and she does <laughs> and then you you look at it, and you get discouraged and then you go, OK, right. well, yeah. let me go learn to play chess with Garry Kasparov. And you go do that for a couple of minutes and then you kick your ass yeah. more demoralized. Right. But right. now, now, Brad, Hillary Clinton has a master class in
2: statesmanship. No, oh, for Pete's sake, statesmanship. come on, you got to be kidding me. No, does I she don't, start? Does I she don't. start off with that uh, glowing moment of American statesmanship in Benghazi? Is that where she sort of kicks it off or how does that work?
1: Well, you know, I think that's probably something that she doesn't mention, Brad. I think I think getting bin Laden, getting bin Laden is probably General Motors is alive and bin Laden is dead.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, I guess that's uh, where we're at.
1: And then, Brad, of course, we've got um, your favorite ex-governor, Governor Governor Cuomo, who um, uh, was ordered to return the five million dollars in blood money he got for his book about how to defeat the coronavirus pandemic so there is justice in the world
2: yeah that, that you know what that actually makes me happy i i hope that they go to his house and rip that five million bucks right out of his just piece of crap fingers i mean he is responsible for the deaths of thousands and you know he, he didn't have time to take care of that because he was grabbing every woman within reach apparently for years
1: and, you know, what's what's interesting is, while all this is going on, some terrible tornadoes and storms ripped through middle America. And, and so for those of you who are playing the home game and are following what we're doing here, last week, we talked about the fact that the president had difficulty um, unmuting himself during the summit with Vladimir Putin to the point where Putin and Russian TV put out pictures of this tool bag, um, you know, yapping and waving his hands, no sound coming out. So last week he couldn't unmute himself. And this week he couldn't mute himself. And if you know what I mean, he traveled to the the areas that were hit hardest by this. And he comforted the people after they had been hit by, in his words, a massive hurricane.
2: Yeah. Again, thank goodness we have leadership like this, right? I mean, can't even... Take a minute to actually figure out what happened across hundreds of miles of the country in which he is nominally in charge. And, uh, you know, I guess, much like his vice president, it couldn't be troubled to read the briefing papers. And so, you know, took a look around himself and said, well, geez, this must have been a terrible, terrible hurricane. Now, the fact that I'm literally hundreds of miles from any coastline or any place where a hurricane might have hit probably should have been a clue. But that's asking a lot from Grandpa Joe. Frankly, we're going to have to move on to something that is a little less depressing. What do you got?
1: Well, you know what? You know what's interesting? So so I saw this in, in, in note, and I um, I thought you would get a kick out of this. So they were talking about some of the things John Forbes Kerry was saying about um, – you know, the, the vaccines and, and, and the COVID thing. And of course we'll get to COVID corner. We're not there yet, but we'll get to COVID corner. I certainly hope it's not there yet, but but they, but Kerry was saying that the social media platforms have an obligation to um, censor certain environmental claims that he doesn't approve of, right. That don't mesh with his viewpoint, just like they'd censor, um anti-vaccine claims which they've, they've wiped out a bunch of people and again we we both have had the vaccine, we both believe in the vaccine, but they've just wiped out people who are talking about um, some issues with the vaccine and um, they just take them off Twitter and and, and so this this uh, person raised the other day on Twitter, you know, assume that the Lord Jesus came back now, right and mm-hmm. was performing miracles and was meeting with his people and and, and all that. any word of that, Right. Would be banned from Twitter. Any word of that would be banned from Twitter just because it's a contrarian view and because all of the people that are in charge of that whole thing stand for everything that Jesus did not. Yeah.
2: Well, I like to think, buddy, and I'm relatively confident about this, that upon Jesus's return, he is not going to care much about the coverage that Twitter gets, nor is it going to be necessary. Uh, because if uh, Jesus does in fact come back then that will mean that he actually was in fact the person he claimed to be some 2,000 years ago and that's going to you know knock a lot of people off a of top dead center uh, regardless of the you know sort of current status of their Twitter account but I agree with you bud if Twitter were to have some say in that event they would choose not to have it covered
1: but anyway yeah. I thought that was interesting. Brad, as you know, uh, we're kicking off 2022 in a couple of weeks, and the big news uh, all over the CRN network—I hear everyone talking about it—is the Sweet 16, song of the songs of the 80s, uh, round robin bracketology tournament. Uh, we announced the four top seeds a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, and then we added the fourth seed a week ago, and now we have some of the rest of the field taking shape.
2: Oh, I like it. So when when are we going to reveal said bracket? I mean, I haven't seen it myself. You've kept it close hold. I know you're working with your experts. You're reviewing statistics. You're going back through old Billboard magazines to figure this whole thing out. And no one appreciates that effort more than I do. But I am excited to see the bracket.
1: Oh, as am I, Brad. I have not seen it either. Um, right now, it is at PricewaterhouseCoopers being audited. Um, there have been some irregularities, needless to say, which of course you have anytime you roll out a, a contest of this nature. I, I am saying right now, based on the reputation of IP Frequently, we will be having this contest in 2022. It's happening. Brad, uh, there, there's a lot more to get to this week.
2: But I'm glad to hear it. It's always good to have something to talk about, especially as we're in our, our sort of heart of the envelope segment here, the core segment, the heart of the show, my friend.
1: The big uh, verdict is in in the Jesse Smollett case. Of course, this was one of the uh, worst race crimes in American history. This is where the uh, actor Jesse Smollett claimed that he was targeted because he's African-American and um, uh, LGBT um, and was targeted by a couple of MAGA um, lovers, uh, Trump fans, and bleach was dumped on him and news was put around his neck. Um, at two in the morning in a Chicago neighborhood as he walked to a subway to get a tuna fish sandwich. turns out that wasn't true, Brad. That was exactly what happened. And the jury came back and found him guilty of staging the race baiting hate
2: attack to boost his career. I mean, how screwed up do you have to be right? Like this country has enough problems. We are wrestling with enough when it comes to our national identity and the way that we have handled racial relations in the past, the way that we continue to handle them today, we got a lot on our plate as a country. There's a lot of people looking in the mirror and saying, hey, what can I do? How can I reach out to my neighbor, regardless of what they look like? And, you know, try to build bridges there, understand them better, have them understand me better. And, and we're all trying to do something along those lines. And you got this guy, right, who, because he's a shitty actor is being kicked off of his show. And he decides, F everybody, I'm going to stage something that is just going to make the whole national situation worse for no reason other than my own personal potential benefit. And then he's got the balls to boo-hoo and talk about how hard he's had it as he leaves his high-end Chicago apartment to go get a tuna fish sandwich at two o'clock in the morning. And I mean, it's just, it is absurd, it is obscene, it is disgusting, and it is nothing other than justice, but this guy is going to spend some time in jail. And hopefully that will put his career where it finally belongs.
1: Well, that that remains to be seen, right? Whether he actually does time. But the thing I'm concerned about most is that you had dozens, if not hundreds of You know, the blue check marks on Twitter and the news stations give credence to these claims where they reported them as fact as opposed to allegations. And really, when you start peeling it back a little bit, um, it didn't make any sense, right? No, it never made any sense. Uh, But these 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 outlets are so quick to get the news out that they want to get out, right, that there are anti LGBT or there are racists out there who are running around in MAGA hats. Who are going to go beat up anyone who looks a little bit differently than them and the fact is it just wasn't the case here it's often not the case it's often blown out of proportion or just misrepresented like this in this case and where are all the people who came out and said this actually happened and attacked actually the people uh, who supported donald trump for this where are all they today um, and where are those apologies once again you just hear crickets crickets from these people. These are the same people that persecuted that kid on um, on Capitol Hill who was getting, you know, berated by those Native Americans who ended up winning $20 million in an award from CNN. And, you know, that it's just so hypocritical. And you would just appreciate if one person stood up and said, what the heck is going on here? This is, this is crazy. And I made a mistake. I shouldn't have spoke out for this. And I should probably take a breath before I assume every single thing people tell me uh, is, is true. And it's racially motivated, even though it's completely the opposite. I mean, just, just sad. It's a sad history, uh, uh, of, uh, you know, this race painting all the way back to Twana and Brawley and Al Sharpton, but Al Sharpton got his own program. Sometimes I, I view myself as a, as an optimist and I just get hurt when this happens. And I guess once again, I'm, I'm, I'm just hurt.
2: Oh, but I don't, I don't like it when you're hurt. You get that hang dog look, our studio audience is now, you know, a little bit depressed. I see some tissues coming out for the more sensitive of our crowd. No, it's okay. It's okay. Don't be hurt. Okay. Don't, be
1: hurt. Hey, don't be upset. It's fine. I'll move on. Let's move on, Brad, to times man of the year. I'm sorry.
2: Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Person of the year. Ah, yeah. Well, it, it, it is. I mean, maybe you can't even ask this question anymore. Is it a man? Can we tell? It is. Um, well, second place is that swimmer
1: from University of Pennsylvania who uh as of this week has won two more meets and has broken a couple more school records. So that's that's good.
2: Um it's including I- a dude. Yeah, well that's, that's all I have to same. say.
1: Neither here nor there, but another dude, the person of the year, Elon Musk Brad has huh. won it. He is the um uh, founder of Tesla, um the the car company, the electric car company. He's worth a couple hundred gazillion dollars and in his wide-ranging interview with time magazine i didn't even know they still circulated time magazine yeah i I didn't either
2: i've not seen a time magazine in years
1: and keep in mind time magazine named hitler man of the year at one point
2: (laughs) keep that in mind (laughs) I i didn't know that but uh again maybe that falls in the category of all you need to know but anyway mr musk yes
1: Mr. Musk is uh, coming up with his plan for the future, Brad. And His plan for the future is to, and I quote, I quote, this is a quote here from his interview. I am not making this up. Okay. okay. Um, the, he, so one, he has sold pretty much all of his possessions, including his seven California homes. And he has moved into a 375 square foot modular home in Boca Chica, Texas which is good for him. He's trying to, you know, pay less in state income tax. He'll pay none in Texas. Mm-hmm. 370 feet, that's a lot of lot of square footage, more than uh, you had in the bunk of the Navy, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, and he also said he is working on his plan to colonize Mars, and he plans to fly a, quote, Noah's Ark-type spaceship packed full of animals, two of a kind, to the planet Mars in the near future. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I mean, that you certainly can't fault him for having a vision. Uh, He may want to do some research in ancient Near Eastern archetypical, uh, you know, sort of storytelling there. Mr. Musk may want to do a little more research on that before he undertakes it. Um, Certainly I could see him, this is good training for him, uh, living in a 370 square foot home for you know being maybe the captain of that ark as he takes it to mars but here's the most important question has he thought about what he's going to do when he gets to mars because see the the idea with noah was that he was leaving a troubled situation to arrive at a better situation where you know there was going to be you know sort of a recreation right he was going to take all of the animals and people that were on the ark and sort of start over that's kind of the the basis of the story for those of you scoring at home. But when you get to Mars with, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Elephant, Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe, Mr. and Mrs. Platypus, where are you going to put them?
1: Well, as soon as you open the hatch, they're going to be dead.
2: Well, they're going to be, you know, freeze dried, which I mean, maybe that's his plan. I mean, he's certainly got a ton of food.
1: Yeah. Especially if you like elephant. I mean, that'll last you a couple of weeks. I would think
2: at least I've never had any elephant to my knowledge, but you know, the average elephant is a large animal.
1: And I mean, we're gonna see if he's actually able to deliver these animals to the planet Mars in the near future. That would be that would be something. Uh next, Brad, we go to the RIP report. RIP rest in peace. Again, um, we, we don't like to um uh dive into this uh segment because it generally leaves us uh, a little bit uh a little bit sad. Um, but we have to do it. I mean we have to do it. Some of the icons of our salad days are leaving this earth and uh, we have to do it. So first uh, this week, Brad, Michael Nesmith, Michael from the monkeys, your favorite television show from the late 1960s, your favorite group. I know you you were a big Davy Jones fan, um, passed away. Michael Nesmith passed away um, this past week. He was actually touring with part of the monkeys. I think the, the ones that were still alive uh, when he passed away, but uh, passed away. And it looks like the
2: monkey reunion is not going to happen. That is too bad. My friend, the monkeys were a great band. They did do a great television show back in the day when there were only, you know, three channels for, if you count PBS. So from kids programming perspective, that was largely just Saturday morning and something my own children cannot even get their heads around is that, you know, I mean, there was no children's television uh, and the monkeys was the highlight. My friend, I mean, you can say what you will It's always easy to look back with 2020 hindsight and be critical, but they got the job done. They did. And they always took the last train to Clarksville and they were always happy to be on it and, and welcome others onto it as well. I mean, that's just how the monkeys were.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. He will be, Michael Nesmith will be, will be missed. Uh, Next Brad, RIP report. Um, The great Masayuki Umera has passed away at the age of 78. Of course, uh, Masayuki-san, the um, uh, pioneer behind Nintendo's game console. Um, again, Masasuki Yumera died at the age of 80, uh, 78. And I believe our last trip to Japan, Brad, which was three years ago, we I believe we had dumplings with him. In, uh, we may in have, video.
2: we may have. We certainly have done a fair bit of business in that uh, fine country. And as far we and we have also eaten our fair share of dumplings, which if you're going to be over there, I strongly recommend. I'm not a big game player myself, and so uh, you know this isn't this isn't my wheelhouse. But certainly, the, uh, the the just the whole gamut of computer gaming that kind of arose out of uh, you know Mr. Umara's work. Uh, cannot be denied, my friend. I mean, we have a video game in our house that my kids like to play. And, uh, I think, uh, I think you can largely lay the credit for that at the feet of Nintendo.
1: Yeah. Enomura-san, um, one of the great, one of the greats, and I'll tell you what, he loved those, um, those pork dumplings. I'd also say just hearkening back to Elon Musk. If you're going to take a Noah's Ark to the uh, planet Mars, why not
2: fill it with those pork dumplings? And then freeze-dry them when you get there. You can have them forever. They'll literally keep forever if you do that. And so you can have elephant. You can have dumpling. If you bring in Nintendo, you've got a little entertainment there. And so, you know, the more I think about it, the more Elon's arc is kind of growing on me.
1: Yep. And maybe, you know, maybe you bring a couple of Zima up there. You just go to town. You know, go to town.
2: Go to town. Absolutely. I mean, you got Zima. Now, you don't want to freeze-dry that because once the – You know, the water's gone. You don't have much left, frankly. So you need to be careful about where the Zima is when you pop the hatch.
1: Yeah, that's true. You don't want that to get away from you. Finally, Brad, RIP report, the national economy, wholesale prices, it was announced this week, rose about 10% in November from a year ago. 10%, which is the uh, longest, the highest increase um, on record. And uh, I think it was a point higher than the estimate, um, of 9% and it is just it is just a disaster out there. And when you talk to the Biden administration and uh, the the, uh, the great press secretary Spakaki, Spakaki, right? Sp- Spakaki?
2: That- it starts with a p. Yes. Yeah, um, a- she'll tell you it's transitory and not to worry about it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, don't worry that it's the highest that number's ever been. Don't worry, by the way, that as a result of Biden's hurricane, his inland hurricane, that all of the issues we had with any sort of building materials are just going to you know, go through the roof. I mean, if you've, if you've taken a look at any of the tragic photos that have come out of that storm, the amount of rebuilding is, is astronomical. And normally in this country, it's one of the things that we would, we would be proud of, right? That we could take our stand on and say, you know what, we will rebuild. It will not take us long. We will rally around these folks. We have a strong economy. And remember, folks, this is what happens when you don't vote for someone. You vote against someone and you don't care who the other person is. You get a moron. Okay. I mean, I set aside whatever Joe Biden may have done previously in his life. He is a terrible president. And I would be saying that if he was a Republican, if he was independent, if he was a Whig, if he was a Tory, I don't care. He sucks. And now we have to live with him and we have to experience this damage to our economy. And and when crises like these storms happen, you need leadership. You need somebody who can be at the helm. You need someone who can get the country behind the reconstruction process. He's not going to be able to do any of that because he's already dug a hole too deep to get out of.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it. It is it is staggering. It's not only what what is happening with the economy, and it is near death. I mean, I mean, you, you know, you and I were talking earlier today, and and some people do ask often. You guys are so spontaneous together in the studio. The chemistry between the two of you is off the charts. How do you get there? And usually, what we do is we are apart. Like, uh, you know, a couple of, uh, uh, married to be married couple, only without all the intercourse and any of that stuff, um, we're apart for a couple of days before each episode. And, um, we don't talk, we don't talk, you know, and then, then you get together, you consummate the marriage, right. But we're not doing any of that, but we're consummating the program here on IP frequently different sort of consummation. Right. Very different. different. Yeah. Very want to, different.
2: Want to be clear about that. Yeah.
1: But anyway, today we did break the golden rule. We did talk a little bit. We looked at uh, President Biden's approval numbers and the gap between approve and disapprove is wider than it's it, it, I, I think I think it's wider than it was with with President Trump. And um, it, it is amazing how disliked the president is and how his policies are all um, upside down. The only one who's worse is is your friend there, Kamala Harris, Brad, who uh, seems to be perform even
2: more which is amazing president in and of itself right i mean you look at the president's numbers you would think well these are historically bad numbers and they are and then you walk from the west wing over into the east wing and you say oh whoa wait a minute you know this this is a disaster right And, and unfortunately buddy there are no north and south wings okay so those are the two wings you got those are the two people who are in charge and they are historically bad and they're and they're being recognized as being historically bad by the american people who are not idiots okay i mean again everybody knows what happened in 2020 people voted against donald trump and i get it right i mean donald trump made his bed no one feels sorry for him every time the guy opened his mouth something dumb came out but when you look at his performance in the office and i know that's difficult to do i know it's difficult to separate someone's asinine personality from their actual performance of their job. But if you can do that for just a minute, you're going to really be shocked at the difference, right? And and frankly, a Biden's personality is no better. I mean, tell me why at this point in his presidency, you would say, well, Joe Biden's a better guy, right? I mean, I I, I just don't see it.
1: Well, he doesn't even know the difference between a tornado and a hurricane. He doesn't even know where we where he is geographically within the country. And I think, Brad, the person that said it best. Right. And this is something that I get from sources. As you know, I have inside sources all over the map. Um, uh, remember, we were talking earlier about Masayuki Mora when he passed away. The last thing he said, the last thing he said is, even though President Biden is upside down in these polls, thank God. Kamala Harris isn't president he was aghast and he basically said he didn't want to go on with inflation as high as it is. And I don't blame him and Brad, I don't think we can blame him at all, but, uh, look, we're happy to be here uh, with our live studio audience. Uh, you may be wondering who our guest is here today. We've got a, an actual live guest here. We've actually put him behind some plexiglass, uh, for a variety of reasons. One, we don't want any of the COVID outbreak to, um, uh, to, uh, you know, Start spreading among our fully vaccinated and tested and masked audience. And two, we don't want Brad to kill him uh, when we get into the uh, the questioning. Brad, you've been known to strike a guest or two in your day.
2: Well, buddy, when they deserve it, right? I, I like to think of it as the reward for the behavior, right? You get the the reward that your behavior merits. I'm just the vehicle.
1: That is that is correct. Well, this week, Brad, we've got a woke warrior. Oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah, woke warrior, woke warrior. Um, and his name, Brad, is Simon Scott LeBeau. Simon, Simon Scott, Scott, Lebeau. Scott
2: LeBeau. So he has three it's, names.
1: It says he also goes by the name Trey. Not sure what that means. Me either. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to just dive in with some, some, some basic questions, or you want me to start, or do you want to start, Brad? Mine, go ahead. Again, the audience is, uh, this is, a, he, is he is here uh, of his own free will. To answer some questions, he is Trey is um, I think a little more liberal. He's woke, um, and so he'll have different viewpoints than a lot of y'all. But we've got to sort of respect them and hear them out. So, so, so why don't we start with this? What are your thoughts on the current administration? What do you What do you think is uh, is going on there? Uh, well, I uh, I I love the uh, current administration, uh, President Biden. <laughs> Couldn't help hearing you two poo-pooing uh, Jesse Smollett. I, I just think you're a couple of racists. It's pretty clear.
2: Ah, well, there's a well-thought-out opening response from Mr. LeBeau. So, Mr. LeBeau, explain to me again. Let's just stick with Mr. Smollett for a moment here. And, and so, do you, are you saying that he's not guilty of what he was charged with?
1: Well, I just don't think that's the point. I think you're missing it. I think what's happening here, last summer, the American public went through an awakening. We sometimes see things as they should be. And what we shouldn't have is a society where anyone has to worry about these hate crimes that are happening everywhere, thanks to the, the MAGA scum that you and your audience seem to uh, seem to be. Now, now, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. That seems like a little bit, uh, Brad is getting a little heated here. Seems a little little over the top. We don't often have guests for a variety of reasons, but uh, um, I don't know, Brad, do you think uh, you think you can take a breath and ask a a few more questions without uh, going over the top and punching through this two foot uh, thick bulletproof glass?
2: Well, so far, buddy, my my initial take is that we probably should have made it three foot thick. uh, But I do appreciate Mr. LeBeau coming on and giving us the benefit of his viewpoint such as it is, I think unfortunately his viewpoint is not uncommon amongst a certain segment of our society who you know, quite frankly has lost touch with reality and is in love with their own uh, misguided viewpoints. But along those lines, I would be interesting in hearing Mr. LeBeau comment on President Biden's seeming unawareness of where he is in the country during a historic weather-based tragedy.
1: I think President Biden is fine. And if, if something happens to him, we've got Vice President Harris, a very capable, steady hand at the wheel. And uh, look, we have a lot of Nancy Pelosi.
2: See, buddy, this is why you and I are so successful in this radio program, because America is sick of the LeBose. You know what I mean?
1: Listen, I, uh, I, I don't doubt it.
2: But we're going to have to reevaluate where we are here because the studio audience has literally formed into a flying wedge, the likes of which you have not seen since 1940s professional football. And they are lining up to hit that glass. And, And frankly, as much as I don't really care, I do fear for Mr. LeBeau's safety at this point. It's not looking good.
1: We may have to get him out of the studio. We may have to use the trap door uh under the uh under the um the booth that he is currently ensconced in uh we give him a chance Brad one more chance on one final question
2: oh, certainly buddy if you have one for him I say fired at him and you know what if the wedge gets to him the wedge gets to him
1: well let's ask him this what, what are your thoughts Trey on the Penn women's swim team and in particular their record-breaking year I think it's just wonderful. I think that uh, anyone, men or women, should be able to compete, cross lines, and it's really how you identify. It's not about biology, or it's just about who you identify
2: with. Well, that's it, buddy. Here comes the crowd. I, you know what? He made his own bed. He's going to have to lie in it. They're not going to take. Is, they're not going to put up with it. They're not going to do is,
1: it. Not our this, crowd. This is why we don't have guests here very often. He is currently being carried out of the. Studio. There are a bunch of angry people who have, listen, listen, it's Saturday morning, but it is five o'clock somewhere. They may have had a couple of cocktails before they came into the studio and there goes old Trey. And uh, listen, I mean, that that's his, his folks probably spent about half a million dollars on his education, Brad, and it's money not well spent.
2: No, I, uh, I, I frankly wish that money had been spent on something better, almost anything, would have been better. In fact, if you had just lit that money on fire and used it to heat your home for a few moments, it would have been a better expenditure. But you know what? It's important that we have, you know, alternative viewpoints. We don't always want to be viewing the same thing from the same direction. And I appreciate Mr. LeBeau spending a few minutes dropping by.
1: Yeah, that was very nice to have him here. And again, if you or, or one of your uh, colleagues out there wants to join us here in the studio, you can ignore what happened here to uh, Trey LeBeau, he signed the waiver. He signed the waiver, so that's what's important for the legal team back at the mothership at the cable radio networks. So I don't have to worry about any ramifications, although I doubt they'll find him anyway. Um, and uh, I will say that we'll just sort of move forward with COVID corner, Brad, as quickly as possible. Again, we are in the middle of the big uh, Omicron Pandemic, sort of phase four of the pandemic, it's sweeping through South Africa and Europe. Cases are way up. Uh, cases are starting to tick up in the U.S. and now, and now the Biden administration is saying uh, that we have to be ready for a large wave uh, that is coming in early January. Uh, Dr. Fauci yesterday was on the television, encouraging people not to gather for the holidays, and to stay at home, isolated, alone in a room with a mask on, and we're also to the point now where we're getting reports on some of these vaccines and the ability of the vaccine against the Omicron variant. It looks like the Pfizer vaccine, when it's supplemented with a third dose, performs well. Without the third dose, the uh, effectiveness is waning. But, but Brad, there is a game changer with therapeutics that seems to be right around the corner. Well,
2: though, do tell, my friend. Do tell. Well the,
1: well, the reports of the Pfizer COVID pill are in, sending the stock uh, skyrocketing. I guess they're in their final um phase of their clinical trials. And uh they say that these pills, which are therapeutics, are 89% effective for preventing high-risk people from being hospitalized with COVID. So it's sort of like a game changer where we can if this really works potentially transition from you know hiding in your house and try to prevent spread to you know still try to be reasonable in preventing spread but to treat the the sickness as opposed to uh just you know doing everything you can to avoid contact with other human beings Brad uh the the royal report is next Uh, Prince Andrew has uh, and and these people continue to be tone deaf. Right. Of course, Prince Andrew is facing uh, lawsuit after lawsuit by uh, brought by underage uh, child sex abuse victims against him. And he filed uh, a serial serial motions to dismiss uh, recently in those cases, calling the New York um, Child Victim Act unconstitutional. Um, And basically saying uh, you can't make this up and basically saying that they waited too long to uh, to 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 sue and they're barred by the statute of limitations. There it is. Your your royal family, your family and all their uh, and all their glory, Brad.
2: Well, buddy, you know, I'm no lawyer, as uh, as everyone who listens to this show knows, but I'm I'm reasonably confident that. One indicator that a person is actually guilty of the crime with which you've charged them is if they don't argue that fact, but instead try to argue some technicality in the law.
1: Trying to get out of a loophole for abusing children sexually is just sickening. Well,
2: sickening. buddy, as you and I are, you know, both take comfort in uh, there will be an answer for Prince Andrew's crimes, whether it comes in this life or perhaps another one. There will be an answer.
1: There will be an answer. There will. But uh, listen, Brad, we're now to the uh, the the end of our program to Bard or Band. We've got a few minutes left, and we are going to cover one of the most important uh, pageants on earth. You like beauty pageants, yeah?
2: Uh, I've never been to one, but I'm sure they're, uh, you know, entertaining and whatnot.
1: Well, you did, didn't you judge one of those uh, Westminster dog shows, the program?
2: I would like to do that, uh, although I don't have the uh, the background necessary. I, and in fact, I, I would, you know, I would probably pick the dog that went after the other judges. That would be, you know, sort of my standard. So that's probably why they haven't invited me. Uh, but I would do it if asked. Absolutely.
1: Well, Brad, um, we have another type of beauty pageant, uh, one that's run by the Saudi royal family. Um, and, uh, but not as inappropriate as the ones that Prince Andrew used to run on the Lolita Express or whatever that vile plane was that he would, uh, hover around in. Uh, this is a camel beauty pageant. These are, these, these, uh, someone who has known and traveled the world, these beauty pageants where camels are put up against one another are, um, really, really um, important to the lifestyle of the typical Saudi Arabian man and woman.
2: Well, I have often heard them say during these pageants, will you look at the toe on that camel?
1: Look at the toe on the camel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the varying uh, um, uh, items that people will judge when putting together an overall score on a camel. Uh, but uh, Brad, in this case, there's controversy. um There were 40 camels recently in the big national Saudi Arabian camel beauty pageant uh, that were barred or banned from Mm. that contest. Again, these are beautiful camels with all the features, the toes, the lips, the toes, um, and they had checked all the boxes, but they were barred because their owners had injected Botox and given them muscle boosting hormones to lift their faces and lips to make them more attractive right to make them more attractive uh to the uh to the um the judges and again burt parks the great burt parks there she is miss america was a judge in this latest competition so the question is brad in places like saudi arabia where they have events like camel beauty pageant contests should they be barred or banned For using, should a camel be barred or banned for using Botox,
2: buddy? Again, this falls on the list we talked about earlier of things that are all you need to know, right? So, all you need to know is that in Saudi Arabia they have a camel beauty contest, and frankly, I I find this whole conversation disturbing. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back, and as opposed to commenting on whether or not camel beauty contest should be barred in general i'm going to take a step back and say this conversation between you and i should be barred and banned and perhaps beaten just for your and my sanity
1: well i look, look I, I i i beg to differ and very rarely do you or you and i go um at it you know ted, to, mono toe e to mono. toe
2: so to speak toe to toe would, you, toe. would you say toe to toe yeah. toe to toe
1: yeah yeah um it's like dancing cheek to cheek, dancing toe to toe. Again, somewhat similar, but very different.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I'd agree with but, that.
1: But these are these are beautiful animals. These are animals that are in some places revered, and this was a sixty million dollar pageant. The winner was receiving sixty five million dollars in U.S. money, um, and these 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 camels were effectively deprived the right to compete. And then what are you going to do? You can't sue in court because Prince Andrew is going to move to dismiss on statute of limitations grounds.
2: Well, buddy, you make a good point. And I guess all I would say is I have no truck with the camels. I mean, God bless the camels. I think if camels are going to hold a beauty pageant, it should be judged by other camels. That makes the most sense to me. But I guess, you know, if you're in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but I, I I do find the whole thing troubling, but I agree with you and your point well made that if you're going to do it, uh, you should do it fairly.
1: Yeah. You know who would run a good, fair competition here? Elon Musk, the man, a person of the year, right? He picks the horses he wants. He picks the camels he wants, gets on the jet and flies to Mars. And there you go. And there you have it. You take the 65 million and you use that to build a big barn on Mars. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Then he put the camels in it and everyone's happy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the camels
2: are rich. Camels are rich. Elon Musk is rich. The only thing not rich is the atmosphere on Mars. And that's going to provide a hurdle that Mr. Musk is going to have to get over. Uh, But he doesn't have lots of other things on his mind living in a 370 square foot home. And so I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll tackle it and he'll, he'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, it'll be a good, it'll be a good time. I'd buy some.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, you and I once again are back in agreement. And once again, we've reached the end of another week's program. We appreciate all of you joining us, those in our studio audience, those on the shortwave radio, those listening on the interwebs. We love having you here every Saturday morning, and we look forward to seeing you again next week on IP Frequently.
0: This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.